Hello and welcome to the Widow's Circle podcast. My name is Joy and on this podcast, I talk about what life is like being a widow and how becoming a widow has changed the way I think and how I move about the world. The Widow's Circle is also a space to uplift and encourage others inside of the circle by sharing the widow's journey. I'm so honored and grateful that you're here. So sit back, relax, and let's get into it. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Widow Circle. I am your host, Joy, and how y'all doing out there? If you're doing all right today, say amen, amen. Um, <laughs> uh, today is a rainy day here in Las Vegas, where I live, and I hate rainy days. Um, I've always hated rainy days ever since I was a kid, because usually when it rained, it meant that I couldn't do what I wanted to do, which was go outside and play. And I definitely, (laughs) but, but now, um, uh, I don't, I still don't like when it rains, but I too much don't mind it because it does remind me a lot of my husband. My husband used to love the rain. Anytime it would rain, he'd open up the windows and, go in the garage and open the garage up and just sit and listen to the rain because rainy days was his favorite type of days. So um, usually when it rains, I think about him a lot, like all day. (laughs) I can't get him off my mind when it's a rainy day like this. Um, But yeah, I think too, like I don't like rainy days or cloudy days like this because... I definitely am a person who thrives off of the sunlight. I do not like to even wake up when the sun is not up yet. Um, maybe it was because I'm, I was born in the summer. I'm a summer baby, so I very much so love the summer season. I love being outdoors when the sun is out and shining and it's bright and it's warm. So, yeah, so I'm kind of like... Today is kind of like a blah day for me. Uh, also, too, I'm a little under the weather. I caught a little cootie uh, last week. So this week I've been trying my best to fight it off. And it finally not really got the best of me because I'm still able to get up and do the things. Like, it hasn't really knocked me on my back. But um, finally got the, got the, I don't know. I guess the the strength to get out of bed, made my bed and stuff like that. So, um, and I'm here recording this podcast today. So, thank you again for being here and listening. Um, so today I want to talk a little bit about a conversation that me and my daughter had this week, or it was like last Sunday, I believe. Yeah, I think it was last Sunday. Either last Sunday or last Monday, I can't remember. Um, And I wanted to talk about how uh, grief when it comes to the children and how that affects them and and more so around them losing a parent. Because grief, you know, when they lose like a sibling or a grandparent, or another family member can look different for them and 
it, the, the degrees of the grief varies. But I wanted to talk about kind of what me and my children have experienced through our grief journey and how grief for them looks different and it's coming through in different levels and we are still very much grieving and what I'm learning is that my my children they they have questions and and of course like I'm I'm an open book when it comes to to this topic for them and I answer any questions that they have but I also feel like they need to ask them in their own time. And sorry, y'all. I know I sound like the crib keeper right now, it, <laughs> but I'm I'm still trying to fight off this cold. So if my voice sounds just like icky, I'm sorry. My apologies. But um, but yeah. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that and about the conversation that we had. And then um, I wanted to read you guys another chapter of the four agreements so we can read about the second agreement. And yeah, so let's get into it. So so uh, last week, I want to say it was on a Sunday, a Saturday or a Sunday. I can't remember. <laughs> I don't know why the day is escaping me, but it was last week for sure. Um. I was sitting in the living room with my daughter and our conversation started with uh, her asking me if I believe in God. And when it comes to faith, spirituality, quote unquote religion, all that good stuff, it there's there's never been a time where I tried to force my beliefs on my children. Yes, when they were little, like, we used to take them to church and stuff because, you know, they're our kids, so we're going to take them with us. But as they're getting older, what I believe and what my beliefs are around God and religion and spirituality in general is not anything that I impose on them. Now, what I practice, I do not do it secretly. So they see everything that I do as far as spiritual work and stuff like that and praying and all that good stuff. So they're not oblivious or naive to the fact that I believe in something. So when she asked me that, it just kind of let me know that like she's, she's thinking about, you know, life beyond this life and what that could possibly mean. And I'm all for it. You know, I'm all for it. So um, I told her, you know, I do, you know, I do believe in God. However, I don't believe that God is a white bearded man sitting in the clouds watching everything that we do. I don't believe in God in that way. I believe that God just is. And he, and we say he, because, you know, I look to him as being the creator. When you think of a creator, you think of, you know, the man, you know, the father. Um, so I, I told her, like, I do refer to God as a he, but I don't necessarily picture God as a man. He just is, like, he's everything. And so we talked a little bit about that. And then she started asking questions about... um uh, the circumstances around her dad's passing. And 
Again, it's not a topic that's ever been off limits. It's just one of those things where I wanted my children to come to me in their own time with the questions that they had. And they've heard me speak openly about um, about the circumstances around my husband's passing. So it's nothing that I ever kept from them or when, you know, I'm conversating to someone about it. Like I don't tell them to go in another room. Like I, I'm very open about, you know, how my husband passed away, but with them hearing, you know, hearing me talk and, you know, witnessing it firsthand, it still left a lot of questions for them. And for my daughter in particular, it left, it, it, she, she questioned, you know, whether or not we did enough to save him. And, and I a hundred percent knew where she was coming from with that because I've had those battles within myself also and thinking that maybe I didn't do enough, you know, to save him. And I'm not going to lie. Like the conversation, it was tough. Like it was really tough because it brought up a lot of emotions that I felt that day that he passed away, that I, emotions that I had never felt before and that I was feeling for the first time. So us having that conversation was kind of reliving it over again, but that's okay because I will relive it a hundred times over if it means that it gives my children some sort of peace of mind or it puts them at ease in some way of just knowing. And I think, I think that's what gets us tripped up sometimes as far as grief, because we just don't know like what could have been. We just know what happened and to weigh out the possibilities and stuff and know that, you know, we could, we didn't have the outcome that we wanted. Like it just kills us. And And I wanted to be transparent with her and let her know that, you know, it, and I told her what I believe, right? I told her that I believe that before we even get here, like our souls get here into a body and we're born, we know exactly, you know, how our life is going to play out. We know exactly when we're going to be born, what time, what day, and we also know exactly when we're going to make our exit, and I was explaining to her that in my, in my belief, if, if whatever we did, you know, was meant to save him, then he would be here. And that, that, and, and it's my belief that my husband chose to transition at the time that he did. And, you know, and just explaining to her like I, I, I wasn't trying to impart my beliefs on her, but I wanted her to be a hundred percent clear on how I felt. And so hopefully that would answer some of her questions. Um, but we also, we did, um, I had, I looked up and Googled, you know, exactly what, what took my husband so that way she can understand from the medical standpoint what happened to him and why he died and what caused it. Because my children know that he had a stroke. They know that. And they know that eventually he was brain dead. 
But the connection that my daughter was trying to make was how did he get from having a stroke to being brain dead? And that's what she was missing. So I looked it up, I Googled it, and I read her, you know, the definition of cerebral edema and how that plays a part if if you have a stroke that's, you know, it's uh, something going on with the with the brain and stuff like that. So that way she had an understanding of medically what happened to her dad. And this was these were questions that my daughter has never asked me before. And but I'm glad that she did though, because that lets me know that she's processing this in her own time, in her own way. It's been over a year now since my husband has been gone. And she's just now asking questions. And I'm not mad at it. I don't think there's a right or wrong way to grieve or there's a point where you should be asking questions or not. I'm just grateful and thankful that, you know, she's asking the questions and then she's really trying to understand. I don't know what brought it about. I don't know if she had a conversation with her friends. I know the thing about God came up because she said she had been seeing TikToks of people talking about Jesus and God and stuff like that. And my daughter is very aware of like Christianity, the Bible, because my daughter is named Genesis. And we specifically named her Genesis based off the first book in the Bible, the beginning. And she's always known that her name is a book in the Bible. And we've explained it to her how, you know, Genesis marked the beginning of man and how God created, you know, the earth and man and all the things that reside on earth right now. And, um, and I told, and I always told her like, you were my beginning she is my firstborn child. I do, when uh, me and my husband got married, he did uh, have two daughters already. So, so I was a stepmom before I was an actual mother, like having my own children. So my daughter marked a period in my life where it was the beginning of my motherhood journey, like with a child that I had given birth to. So we named her Genesis, you know, as our beginning, you know, in bringing, you know, bringing our family together. And so she's fully aware of what Christianity is, what that religion is, what the Bible is. She's been to church. My kids watched me get baptized. Um, I got baptized when I was eight months pregnant with my youngest son. So essentially we both got baptized. So they, they're fully aware of what it is, but she just had a lot of questions around it and wanted to know genuinely what I believed and what I believed around the death of her father and what that meant for me and how I see and what I believe to be true. And so I broke it down for her and we cried and, but, but during our conversation, y'all, it was like the spirit was moving through me. And like, when I say the spirit, I mean the spirit of God and the spirit of my husband was moving through me because I was talking to her and I was like, I just need you to know that like daddy loves you. Like he never stopped and he's always loved you. And I don't know why that like spilled out of me, but it did. And I'm glad that it did because, 
you always think you have time, right? Everyone thinks that they have time to, you know, love on the people that are here with them or to tell someone something or to do something. We all think that we have the time. And the truth of the matter is, is that there is no time. We have no time. Time is an illusion. Time is something that is man-made and it doesn't exist. Everything is happening everywhere, all at once. And there is no such thing as time. So you essentially don't have time. And I think what my daughter was missing was just that, that closure, I suppose. And, you know, she just was like, like left with more questions and answers. And, but at the same time, I didn't feel a need to rush getting her those answers because I knew I know my kids were confused. I know they had questions, but I always remained open and I let them know like whatever you know whenever you're ready to talk or whatever you questions you have, I'm here. But I didn't force them, you know, to open up to me when I wanted them to open up to me. So even being that it's been a year now since he's been gone and my daughter is just now asking questions, that's fine with me. Like, I'm cool with that. Um, and I know, like, even with one of my sons, like, I know he's still confused to this day, but with my son, he's, he chooses to focus on the facts of the matter. And the fact of the matter is, is that he's gone. So, and that's, that's pretty much where it stops with my son. But I know that he has questions because, you know, I hear, you know, conversations that he has with his siblings and stuff. So I, I know my kids have questions and I'm a hundred percent okay with answering all the questions that they have, but I just want them to ask it in their time. And I think if I had to give any widow, any advice, um, I would say to let your children grieve how they want to grieve. Um, how you grieve is your business and how they grieve is their business. But always have that, always have that, that gateway open for you guys to communicate and make sure that they know like coming to you is a safe space and, you know, and they're, so that way they feel comfortable coming and know that they'll be heard and that they'll be given direction. And I think that I've done a pretty good job of that with my kids. Like I said, I don't I don't hide anything from them and I never have. So they hear conversations and things like that. And of, and of course, too, when they're out in the world, they may hear things too, and that's totally fine. But I'm just happy that my kids feel feel safe enough to come to me and ask me these things and and she asked me a whole bunch of questions you guys and uh we we got in the weeds of it and I we didn't shy away from anything and like I said we cried we had a moment where we cried and but I think that it really truly helped her and I think that if I had tried to have this conversation with her earlier or closer to the time after my husband passed, I don't think I would have been able to have the conversation with her. I don't think that I would have been prepared enough to have the conversation with her. So, 
and that's another reason why I think it's important, like, not to rush, especially children, through their grieving process. And don't rush yourself through your grieving process because you won't have all the answers. And, you know, some things are still difficult for me to talk about. But but I find courage every day. Like, I find the courage every day to get up and to continue to live life. So when when conversations like this come up, you know, I'm able to handle it and I'm able to face it with no fear. So so for anyone listening who's a widow and who's a widow of children, I I encourage you to just stay open to your children and make sure that they know that you have their back and whatever they want or whatever they need or whatever questions that they have, that you are here for them. And whenever they decide to, to come to you with the questions or with the, not even the questions, even if they just want to tell you how they feel about everything, like just let them do it in their own time. And I, I definitely was not one of those parents that was like, hey, like, you want to talk about it? Like, <laughs> I, I was, yeah, because I don't like when people do that to me. <laughs> I don't like when people, I, I like to, I like to have conversation about my husband. Like, if, if I feel like it, like, I don't ever like to feel forced about, like, well, what's on your mind? What's going on? Like, I don't like to feel like that. So I don't like to impose that on my children either. So uh, so that's pretty much my standpoint on it. And if that resonates with you, I'm glad. And just know that grief is a journey. It's not a race. It's not a sprint. And you may never reach a point where you're totally, fully not grieving because there will be days where that will just, you know, have you... In your feelings about your husband or your or your partner, just like today has me and my feelings about my husband because it's a rainy day and that's a hundred percent okay. So, um, so yeah, so let's go ahead and move on to the second agreement of the four agreements. Amen. Um, again, this is if you didn't listen to the last episode. Uh, I read a chapter out of the book called The Four Agreements. This is a practical guide to personal freedom. And the book is by Don Miguel Ruiz. And I've already read the book, but I feel like the what he talks about as far as these four agreements is so good. And I feel like as widows, we need this. We need to we need these four agreements in our lives. So last episode, I read the first agreement, which is be impeccable with your word. Today, I'm reading a little bit about the second agreement, which is don't take anything personally. The next three agreements are really born from the first agreement. The second agreement is don't take anything personally. Whatever happens around you, don't take it personally. Using an earlier example, if you, if I see you on the street and I say, hey, you are so stupid, without knowing you, it's not about you. It's about me. 
If you take it personally, then perhaps you believe you are stupid. Maybe you think to yourself, how does he know? Is he clairvoyant or can everybody see how stupid I am? You take it personally because you agree with whatever was said. As soon as you agree, the poison goes through you and you are trapped in the dream of hell. What causes you to be trapped is what we call personal importance. Personal importance, or taking things personally, is the maximum expression of selfishness because we make the assumption that everything is about me. During the period of our education, or our domestication, we learn to take everything personally. We think we are responsible for everything. Me, me, me. Always me. Nothing other people do is because of you. It is because of themselves. All people live in their own dream, in their own mind, and they are in a completely different world from the one we live in. When we take something personally, we make the assumption that they know what is in our world, and we try to impose our world on their world. Even when a situation seems so personal, even if others insult you directly, it has nothing to do with you. What they say, what they do, and the opinions they give are according to the agreements they have in their own minds. Their point of view comes from all the programming they received during domestication. If someone gives you an opinion and says, hey, you look so fat, don't take it personally. Because the truth is that this person is dealing with his or, or, his or her own feelings, beliefs, and opinions. That person tried to send poison to you, and if you take it personally, then you take that poison and it becomes yours. Taking things personally makes you easy prey for these predators, the black magicians. They can hook you in easily with one little opinion and feed you whatever poison they want. And because you take it personally, you eat it up. You eat all their emotional garbage, and now it becomes your garbage. But if you do not take it personally, you are immune to the middle you are immune in the middle of hell. Immunity to the poison in the middle of hell is the gift of this agreement. When you take things personally, you then you feel offended, and your reaction is to defend your beliefs and create conflicts. You make something big out of something so little because you have the need to be right and make everybody else wrong. You also try hard to be right by giving them your own opinions. In the same way, whatever you feel and do is just a projection of your own personal dream, a reflection of your own agreements. What you say, what you do, and the opinions you have are according to the agreements you have made. And these opinions have nothing to do with me. It is not important to me what you think about me, and I don't take what you think personally. I don't take it personally when people say, Miguel, you are the best. And I also don't take it personally when they say, Miguel, you are the worst. I know that when you are happy, you will tell me. Miguel, you are such an angel. But when you are mad at me, you will say, Oh, Miguel, you are such a devil. You are so disgusting. How can you say those things? Either way, it does not affect me because I know what I am. I do not have the need to be accepted. 
I don't have the need to have someone tell me, Miguel, you're doing so good, or how dare you do that? No, I don't take it personally. Whatever you think, whatever you feel, I know is your problem and not my problem. It is the way you see the world. It is nothing personal because you are dealing with yourself, not with me. Others are going to have their own opinion according to their belief system. So nothing they think about me is really about me, but it is about them. Woo, a word, y'all. So that is agreement number two. Also, I'm not reading like the full chapter. I'm just reading you guys like the first half of each chapter. Uh, because if you're interested in this book, I want you to go ahead and pick it up so that way you can read it on your own and kind of process it on your own. Um, but yeah, I feel like these agreements are really helping me stay on track, especially throughout my grief journey. And, you know, when I have thoughts about, you know, what are going to, what are people going to think if I do this? Or what are people going to say if I do that? And, not taking anything personally has been liberating, so to speak. Amen. (laughs) It's been liberating for me because I can do things on my own terms. And really the only, the only people's opinion that I care about are my children's. And I know it's not to take anything personally from anyone, but you know, it's important how, my children see me and they know like the decisions that I make are for the greater good of all of us. So, but outside of them, I don't, I could care less what people think. And also too, I've been very impeccable with my word, which is what we talked about on the last episode and making sure I don't, you know, speak spells over my life that would hurt me in the long run. And sticking to my word and not going back on my word. And when I say I'm going to do something, I stick to it and all that good stuff. So, um, next episode, I will read you guys the third agreement and yeah, so that's it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, if you have not already, please hit that follow button amen whether you're listening on spotify or on apple Podcasts, uh follow the podcast subscribe that lets the uh the the algorithms know that you guys like this and you want more of it and it lets me know that i'm putting well actually you know what (laughs) i was gonna say it lets me know that i'm putting out something good into the world but i already know i'm putting out something good into the world amen um, so it'll find who it needs to find in due time. Amen. So, but I really do appreciate you for listening today. Um, and also too, I'm on Instagram at the widow circle pod. So feel free to join me there. I post reels and over, over there and kind of give you a glimpse into what life is like being a widow and yeah, thank you so much again. And I'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Please share with anyone who you think may find it helpful. Also, don't forget to follow the podcast and connect with us on Instagram at the Widow Circle Pod. And feel free to share your widow's journey with us so we can uplift you and your loved one in spirit. Bye for now.